blessings of the breast. Amen. I said the blessing of the breast. Amen. Which is the blessing of comfort. Amen. You shall be comforted. Amen. I said you shall be comforted. Amen. You that you have been crying. The, the crying will turn unto laughter. Amen. You that you have been troubled. Smile shall fill your face up. Amen. You that they look down on. Now they will look up to you. Amen. You that they used to put you down. They, they will lift you and hold you like head. Amen. That shall become your portion. In the name of Jesus. And as the Lord comforted and consoled Joseph. That he had a wife and had two lovely children. Ephraim and Manasseh. So shall the Lord do unto you. And as initially he had a hard life, but later he has softness. May God release softness unto you. May your life receive delights. May your home be a delightsome home. And your business be a delightsome business. And your family be a delightsome family. May your life be full of the light of God. When people look at you, may they say that I want to have this person's life. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. I tell your friend, your life will never be the same again. Tell somebody, my life is making a progress. It's moving forward. And getting better and better. Every day. And in every way. Say the God who has begun with me is not leaving me in the middle of the way but he has put his hands into my hands and taking me to the ultimate destination because he's the Alpha and the Omega my expectations will surely come to pass in Jesus name Amen God bless you Hallelujah Somebody, somebody sent me a birthday greeting and uh, it carried a testimony that gladdened my heart and I'd like uh, me to quickly read that to you, uh, me to be a blessing to somebody. Amen. Amen. And this brother said, are you ready for it? Yes. He said, five years ago. I was dating with a girl. I will mention the lady's name. I took care of all her school bills. I took the responsibility of her father. That means he had become his tutor. And when she completed, she just left me without me doing her anything. That's betrayal. I was in so much pain. And all I used to do was to drink alcohol in the morning, afternoon, and evening. Thinking that it will help me to forget about her. He was broken hearted. Ladies, do not break the heart of the man. 
if you know you are not interested, don't take his money. Uh, don't, don't take their money. You know, when men's hand get broken, it's more serious than that, that of the ladies. It's true. It's very true. Sometimes they become very suicidal. Okay. Now he said, one Wednesday, brother Jacob's brother called Solomon invited me to church. We didn't get there on time, but when we got there, you were preaching about offenses. And one of the statements you made that is still in my mind and my heart was that the statement was when you put somebody in your heart you are the one hurting yourself the word touched my heart the Sunday of that week you preached the part 2 and I was so blessed the following week I invited brother Andy and brother Paul and after the service you told us to follow you since that time now I see a very big change in my life. And, and he said, and I mean a very big change. I don't know how bad my life will be if I have not met you. Today is your birthday and I want to say a very big thank you to you. And, this is coming from one of our precious brothers here. Amen. Amen. So you see the importance of inviting people to church. You change somebody's life who was going to probably even become diseased as a result of, thank you please, take your seat. As a result of their problems, drinking and go. And when you also come to the house of God, pay maximum attention to the word. And as you come also, the word will change you and you move from being a drunkard to become a, an armor bearer of the house. I see God blessing you. May the Lord bless our brother mightily. And, and use him for greater things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you anoint my lips, that I speak forth your word as of an oracle. I pray that as I preach, let your grace touch your people. Let there be salvation. Let there be healing. Let there be deliverances. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Today I want to be sharing on a very important topic, still relating to the issue of of offenses, and that is how to protect yourself from staying hurt in church. How to protect Tell your friend, protect yourself from staying hurt in church or being offended, staying offended. Amen. Amen. Now, in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus said that it's impossible that but that offenses will come. The reason is that human life is dynamic and people have different ways of behaving and interpreting things. So what will not constitute a hurt to one person, the other person will take offended others. And so in various institutions, people get hurt. People get hurt at different levels of life and different ages. People from all races of life get hurt. And the two major weapons that Satan uses to destroy people from entering their destiny is offenses and discouragement. He uses that to destroy marriages, destroy friendship, destroy relationship in churches, destroy businesses. The guy uses offenses. And in Matthew chapter 24 verse 10, when Jesus was talking about the signs of the last days, he mentioned that many will be offended and consequently they will betray one another and shall hate one another. So you realize that Offense is a very serious thing. When people get offended, they will betray and they will hate. And you see, anytime you are offended with a person or with a place, you always want to move away from the place or the person. And that's the reason why our lesson today is very important that Jesus said, whether you like it or not, offenses will come. It means that offenses will take place in your home, offenses will take place in your school, and offenses will take place in, 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 at your workplace, of, offenses will take place even in the church. But when the offenses come, Work around it so that you don't move away from the place where you are offended, but you stay there and you become fruitful and you fulfill your destiny. We said the word offense comes from the, the Greek word scandalon, which means a snare or a noose or a trap. It 
it means to feel annoyed or hurt by something or that somebody did or said regarding you. And a lot of time we get offended because our comfort zone has been compromised. Or something that we believe is due us has been denied us. But oftentimes, offenses is a result of our perceptions, the interpretations of things. The dangerous thing about offenses is that offenses will cut you away from the power of God and the presence of God. In Genesis chapter 4 verse 3 to 11, we find that Cain got offended with God and and, and consequently hated his brother because his sacrifice had not been accepted but his brother's own was accepted. He ended up killing his brother. But the result of it was that God said you will be a fugitive and a vagabond. So you find out that when you get offended, it makes you unstable. And when you get offended also, you become unproductive. You see, when you are, you are a lady and maybe a guy was interested in you and then jilted you, if you do not kill the offense, you cannot actually have a stable relationship because the next man that comes into your life, you think that, oh, he's like my ex. And you begin to say that all men, their father is Adam. We, we are by you and, and, and so instead of instead of no, accepting the new love that has come to you you see the new love as a hate and a problem in your life so you 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 transpose the old pain of your previous relationship into the new relationship and you end up maltreating and mistreating somebody who has come with love and so it's very important to learn to forgive quickly there are many people who don't have friends because they had a good friend and who betrayed them or who hurt them and because of that they don't want to have any, anybody else as a friend now when you also do not forgive you open the door for evil spirits to attack you including sicknesses in fact, one of the hindrances of healing is unforgiveness. Anytime you are sick, look at inside your body, look at yourself, and you say, Lord, if there's anything that I have against anybody, let it go. Because if you do not let it go, your unforgiveness will cause your own sins not to be forgiven. And your unforgiveness becomes a, 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 becomes 
a wall of limitation disallowing the power of God from affecting you. The power of God may be available, but the power of God will not come to you because of your unforgiveness, which has acted as a wall. Now, anytime people gather in a place or any, it's a place where you can be offended. If you don't want to be offended in life, then go and stay in a jungle somewhere where you don't meet any human being, you don't meet anybody, not even any animals. Just be there with the trees. And it's possible even the trees may still offend you. People are always going to do something that will defy your understanding. And once you don't feel comfortable with them, sometimes in the way somebody shook your hand and they say, you squeeze my hand too much. And that becomes a problem. Oh, he didn't give me a firm handshake. That also becomes a rock of offense. Oh, the person just bypassed me. And these are some of the things that we, we, we face in church. Now, what do we do so that we do not stay hurt in church? Now, even before I get to that, I would want to talk about a few effects of our unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, number one, makes people walk in carnality instead of being scriptural. A person who has an unforgiving spirit is always a real loser. It doesn't help the person follow through with the word of God. It begins to operate in the works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 to 21. He said the works of the flesh are manifest which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. You realize that when somebody is hurt, then the person begins to operate in the works of the flesh instead of working the works of the operating in the fruit of the spirit. Number two, unforgiveness has a negative rippling effect on other relationships. The destructive nature of an unforgiving spirit is such that it is not limited to that one relationship. The resentment and negative feelings they spill over into other relationships. And that's the reason why an unforgiving spirit is a very serious thing. When you are hurt, if you are not careful, you will spread your hurt to your family. You may spread a hurt to your children. And you may spread a hurt to your, 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 your neighbors. So there is always a rippling effect. 
I heard a story of this man called Hitler who felt he had been insulted by a little Jewish boy. And, and, and because of that, he began to hate the Jews. So when he got, when later on, he, he got power and became the chancellor of Germany and being very powerful, he had a strong hatred for the Jews and got the Jews to be bent in gas chambers. Can you imagine his anger? Now he, he transferred his anger to other Germans. And so anytime they saw a Jew, they arrested the Jews and then they put them in gas chambers and burnt them. I think they burnt about six million Jews. Six million, yes. You see, out of one anger, rippling effect was that they wanted to exterminate a whole Jewish you know, race. So let's be careful. And Nam said, You need Bakun Edina Temunti Onya would dear Emma Jew for Yama or Yanaki Tom or Betomina as a sheep won't be pray. A gunman disappoints you, you are angry with all gummy. When you hear Ashiboy, you are angry. When you hear Quetche, you are angry. When you hear, no, no, it shouldn't be that one person what he did, you don't have to. There are people who never will marry from a particular tribe, Tofiaqua. They will never marry, they will never look at somebody, a black guy, no, a fair person, no, because they were hurt by something and that thing has gone on. And it will eat you up and destroy you. So always know that unforgiveness has a rippling effect. Now the third reason is that it, unforgiveness affects the personal growth of the offended person. It affects your personal growth spiritually. You don't grow. You don't do well. And so you find out that in church, I see it all the time. The moment people get offended, you don't see them grow up again. Now they play table tennis with the preaching. When they come, instead of receiving the word of God, they become critical of the word of God. What, what they used to appreciate earlier on, now they come and their hearts are hardened and they've closed the door of their hearts to the preaching of the word of God. I see they are out to hurt the preacher, but they are hurting themselves. You know, one time that God said he wants to mess up his master's wall and kept, you know, pushing, you know, pulling on the, on, on the, on the wall and rubbing itself on the wall. But little did you know that it was getting rid of its own hair. Also, I point this warrior in Ura. Also, I'm not going to say to I understand that. Okay. So it affects your own personal growth and makes you walk in fleshly patterns of behavior and incorrect thought processes develop. Unforgiveness also leads to demonic torment. When you uh, you walk in unforgiveness, you realize that you are tormented yourself. The moment you hear about the name of the person who offended you, or you see the person, your heart skips a bit. You know, you're, you're, and you you, be, you get angry, and it opens you up to diseases. You you realize that now now when it happens like that, stress hormones can, can be released. And then more of hydrochloric acid from the ozintic cells begin to get into your intestinal systems. You develop GI problems, gastrointestinal problems, 
You, be have, you can have ulcer, you can have colitis, you can have all kinds of diseases because of the fact that you are angry. So anger can get you to be sick. And anger can keep you in sick. It is when you let go, then freedom will come to you. And that's the reason why sometimes some very skilled doctors, very skilled doctors, you realize that their patients come to them, they talk to them, they give them every kind of medication, and they look at their symptoms, they don't seem to, you know, no, no proper diagnosis, on and on. So the skilled ones begin to talk to them. Are you married? Is there somebody worrying you? This, that, that? Is your, is your, is your boyfriend? Is your girlfriend? Whatever. And as you're talking, you realize that they may be angry with somebody. Sometimes they're they are angry with their parents. They're angry with their, their, their friend. They're angry. I remember when we were at the university, we were allocated counselors. Every, every in a, a hall, we have hall counselors. And they'll tell you that when your girlfriend is worried, you just come to us. When a lecturer is worried, you just come to us. Anything that is worried, you just come. Just come and talk to them because you, they want your life to be preserved within the university community. And today, God wants your life also to be preserved as you are hearing this word by letting go. In Matthew 18, 32 to 35, we see the story of the unforgiving, wicked servant. He had borrowed money from his boss. In fact, when I tried to compute it the last time, it was worth some billions, I told him about $2 billion or so. And his friend was owing him something, a paltry sum of less than $100. Can you just imagine the disparity? And this man, his boss or his master forgave him. Forgiving means that he dismissed the, the debts, said let it go. Then after his own has been forgiven him, he went and held the neck of his friend. Bring me my hundred dollars. What a wicked person. And so when the boss heard it, he took him, he sent him over. In the verse number um, uh, 35, 34, 35, he said his Lord was rough and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. His boss, Matthew 8, 34, 35, his boss was what? angry his lord was angry and delivered him to the tormentors so when you do not forgive you will be delivered to tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him and look at the, what jesus said in 35 this way so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you if you from your heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses hello some of you say come on prophesy to me and prophesy this is a short prophecy this prophecy is surer than any prophet listen those of you get that prophet 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 the best prophecy is the word of God because most of the time let me tell you times are most of the are and Sunday said the prophesy but it didn't come to pass or the prophesy said that you saw that you come from Gofia Wekwa, we say me Gofia Wekwa, I'd rather come from, it is a shishi, or I come from whatever. So you realize the thing, this, but Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said what? Forgive. If you do not, then, if you do not forgive from your heart, it means that some people say I forgive him, but it's not from their hearts. But if you, if you forgive, if you, if you from your heart do not forgive, Everyone, everyone means what? Everyone, no matter what they have done. Everyone, 
his brother their trespasses, likewise your heavenly father will also do unto you. So the seed you sow is what you are getting. So let us, listen, I know you have every reason to say I'm angry. I have every reason to say the thing they did against me, what they have done to me, ah, I will show powers. I will do whatever. But you see, it's in your own enlightened interest to let go and let God. Tell someone, let go and let God. Remember that, listen to me. God hasn't given you the power to wreak vengeance on anybody. Bible said, vengeance is the Lord. And if God is working vengeance, he does it in grand style. God will fight for you. I said, God will what? Fight for you. There are times that they put issues on you and you don't know how to vindicate yourself. Well, you know, you, that's why I even talk. The people don't seem to believe you. But leave it to God and to time. Amen. That's what leave it to God and to time. Amen. Amen. I know you get into your room and weep and weep and weep. You cry, cry, cry. God, I don't understand. I haven't done this. They say I've done it. But leave it to God and to time. And God is the greatest judge. He is the uh, chief justice of the Supreme Court of the universe. And when God says you are acquitted and discharged, you are acquitted and discharged. Amen. Amen. Number six, God will not forgive you too. We have just read it. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not their trespasses, neither will your heavenly father forgive your trespasses. Have you got it now? Yes. Okay. Number seven. Bit- unforgiveness breeds bitterness and wrath. Bitterness and wrath. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. Is that right? Yeah. Hebrews twelve fifteen, And then Matthew 18, 29 and 30. Hebrews, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So when you do not forgive, the bitterness will trouble you yourself. Then the next thing is that unforgiveness will hinder your own prayers. Mark 11, 25 and 26. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any. So do we all all pray? The first requirement about prayer is that the moment you stand and say, Lord, check yourself and forgive. Amen? Amen. If you have ought against any, so that what your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26. Read it with me. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father who is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So forgive and you are forgiven. You don't forgive and you are not forgiven. What a shock. Amen. Amen. Are you learning something? Then the next one, unforgiveness hinders acceptance of your offering. So, 
your offering will be accepted or not depending on the attitude of your heart regarding forgiveness are you here with me don't sleep or this message is not a message you have to sleep amen, amen. matthew chapter 5 23 and 24 therefore let's read together i want everybody to be involved one two therefore if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there remembers that thy brother has ought against thee leave there your gifts before the altar go thy way first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift so it means that your offering is unacceptable so many of us our offerings are unacceptable we came to give it that's the reason why we didn't see the fruit of it because of the fact that in the first place we didn't meet the requirement of god you see when you are applying for visas there are requirements if you are applying for jobs there are requirements is that not it yeah you know, when you go to that point that you want to travel, they are requirement. When you get the first thing is that they'll ask for your passport. And when they check your passport, what that number one, your passport is valid. You can have a valid ticket, but an invalid passport. And so you may not be allowed. So the first thing is whether you have a passport and the, and the passport is in your name. Because the passport may not be your name. And that it is your picture. So they will look at you. And then the next thing is that whether you have a visa and whether the visa is also valid. And then sometimes they will also try to find out whether you have got any supporting documents as to the country you are going to. So there are requirements. So when it also comes to prayer, prayer is not just opening your mouth and screaming in tongues and expecting that God will answer you. The first requirement of answered prayer or for even a prayer for God to hear and subsequently for him to answer is that you've got to forgive and be reconciled with the one who offended you. Oh, you miss a place to give God some praise. And now for husbands and wives, yours is coming. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Mark it in your Bible, husbands. If you are my husband, write in capital letters. You are a husband. I'm coming to inspect all the husbands and wives, their notes. Write in capital letters and practice it. Pastor Sophia, have you written it? Make it capital highlighted boldened underlined and colored italized first peter 3 7 likewise you husbands including wives but as a husband dwell with them according to what knowledge giving honor unto the wife if you have a wife you have to honor your wife your wife is not your servant your wife is not somebody you have to trample on. Amen. Amen. A wife gave her heart to you in love and in submission. Eh? Yeah. In love and in submission. So a relationship will get on well. So do not treat her like a doormat. And don't treat her like a sandpaper. And don't treat her like toilet roll. And do not treat her like a mop. Treat her with respect. So say, treat your wife with respect. And tell somebody, treat me with respect. Love me. Okay, so it says that giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together 
of the grace of God that your prayers be not what hindered. So you find out that unforgiveness, unforgiveness will cause your prayers to be what hindered. Hello. Hi. So if you and your wife you are quarrel, solve it. Else anything following it will not be. It will not be answered. Hello. Am I preaching the word of God to you? I want me to prophesy. I can see somebody wearing a green pants. And as you are coming to church, you the bread you are eating, you put half of it was jam and half of it was was peanut butter. And as you are as you are eating, you beat your tongue. Hey! And the porridge you are drinking was very hot and you spew some out. Oh, this is a short prophecy. So it's a short prophecy. Amen. Are you being blessed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. <laughs> and unforgiveness can cause lead to distress and get family people to be disinherited. Do you know that sometimes some parents get angry with their children? You say, you are no more my child. And out of the anger, when they are distributing the family thing, they don't bring their children. They are hurt. They are, their son did something, their, their daughter did something, and they are disinherited. Now, when you read Genesis chapter 49, verse 1 to 7, when Jacob was about to die, he called his sons together. And then he started prophesying to them. And then he said to the firstborn son known as Reuben, so he said, Reuben. He said, Reuben, you are my firstborn. Genesis chapter 49, he said, verse 1 to 7. Or madam, whoever you are. Genesis 49. Want to say. He said that he called unto them and said that I will tell you which shall be for you in the last days. So he began to prophesy. He said that Ruby, you are my firstborn. The excellence of verse 3. Excellence of my might and my power. Eh? Okay. Then he says that you shall not excel. Verse 4. You shall not excel. You are unstable as water. You shall not excel because you went up to your father's bed and you defiled it. He went up to my car. Reuben went and slept with his father's concubines. Yeah. Which was a very serious sin. And you see, to sleep with your, to, to see the nakedness of your father's wife uh, means that by the Levitical law, you got to be killed. So it means that practically speaking, Reuben was to be dead. Are you following me? Yeah. He said, you went to my father's car. So listen, sometimes when you offend a father, or you offend somebody above you, and you yourself, you know it, just go. Don't think that the person doesn't know. Hello? Yeah. Me, sometimes I know a lot of things, but I'll say, hello. Just give me a It's true. Don't think that the person doesn't know. But go to the person and say, look, I think out of mistake, I said this or I did this. Forgive me. Then there's proper reconciliation. This guy, because of what he did, is that right? Because of what he did, the Rubenites were dying. Until Moses came. And then Moses said in Deuteronomy 3, verse 6, let Reuben live and not die. So it had to take 
another patriarch to come and cut that thing off. So be careful. Hallelujah. Amen. But unfortunately, see, the father didn't forgive him. And that is why he, they, 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 uh, he and, and his descendants started having a problem. Then he told Simeon and Levi, they too, they were brothers. And then they were in a foreign land. And they didn't... One guy had raped their sister. And this guy now, after raping her sister, said he wants to marry her sister. Then he said, you know what? He wants want to marry her sister. Okay, fine. All the gentlemen over there, you must... We... we our, our tradition is that we have a covenant with God that the men must be circumcised. So if you want our sister, then you, you guys you must be circumcised. Can you imagine, even when babies are circumcised, look at the pain they go through. Eh? Do you remember the time Rua was circumcised? Was it easy for him? And now today if you say, Rua, I'm going to circumcise you again. He, he will run away, he will allow. But the men, elderly men, they were, they were all circumcised. And when a man is circumcised, he's powerless. And so the guys, these two brothers took sword and started killing the men. And the, the father said, ah, we are foreigners in this place. You are bringing trouble unto us. So he said that Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. This is the meaning of what they say. So I've tried to give you the meaning of this. So when you read it, you don't understand. Uh, the yeah, the teaching priest and prophet is explained to you. Then he said, Oh my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto the assembly, my honor. Be not united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self will they dig down a wall. But later on, Moses also, Moses came from the tribe of Levi. So when Moses came, he rather instituted the priesthood through them, the Levitical family. But on the other hand, Simeon, who joined his brother, he, not much was given to him. That is why you don't join people to do the wrong things. The person may be coming from a certain background that can give him a leeway, and you may not have that. I hope you are getting me. Okay, now, so I've tried to establish the fact that wherever you are, you'll be hurt. And especially as a church, as you are here, you'll be hurt in your department. You'll be hurt in your group. Palace praise. Brother Francis may scream one day. You people, this, 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 this. Say, okay, I will sing again. No, that's not how you should behave. Are you getting me? That's not how you should behave. So when you get hurt in the church, what do you do? How do you stay? How how do you stay in the church and you don't stay? You do not keep being heads. So that because there are some people there in the place, but they are most mm, mm, me have just come. Mm, mm, I don't want anybody to mm, last time they did it to this person. Mm, the, the other person too. Mm, me, I don't want any matter, so they may do it to me. Mm, and so you are there. Say watch yourself. The way you are getting very close, be careful. The way you are doing the thing. These people, they'll be doing and they'll be laughing, laughing with you one day. They'll give you Dr. Panier. They'll deal with you. Yeah. You see, you are hurt. You are hurt. And because you are hurt, it's affecting your behavior, your, the way you are talking, and you are now trying to poison other people. Eh? Do you know why a snake is able to poison others? Because the snake itself is poisoned. It carries poison. Eh? Yeah, it carries poison. And sometimes it's Snakes even get poison from, from frogs. Yeah. 
there are some, some snakes and they put their poison not in their mouth but on their skin. And so it's also part of their protection. So when an animal tries to touch them, wants to kill them, and the moment they get close towards their, their neck area and they touch, they already are licking poison. And they will die. Do not be somebody who carry poison. Because if you are poisoned, you'll be, you will poison. So make sure that you are not poisoned. Amen. Amen. And any time that you are hurt, you will poison. So make sure that you do not get hurt. And when you get hurt, get healed. Tell somebody, get healed. Okay, so let me quickly share a few things. Now, statistics show that a great percentage of people, people who stop relating or going to church, they do so because of an offense or an injury to their feelings. Eh? An injury to their feelings. And you know that when you are injured, you can't move again. Uh huh. You may not be able to stop offensive things from happening, but by applying God's principles, you can stop them from hurting you. Hello? Hi. Oh, yes, offensive things. Maybe even the way I'm, I'm preaching, I'm going up and now, you don't like it. You say, why is it that every time our eyes must be going up and now to look at the preacher? Preacher, come on, stand at one place. Yeah. You must apply the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace. Have you seen it? Read it with me. Great peace are they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That means that when you love the law of God, you shall not walk in offense. Isaiah 26 3. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Power. God says that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. May your mind be stayed on God. Amen. So let's look at the following are some things to help to protect you. So you are going to wear a protective garment. So it's a protective garment. The other day I watched a guy who was interviewed on te- television. He, uh, he, he's a cyclist, he, he rides motorbikes. And I realized that he was in a certain kind of apparel. And every part of the apparel was to protect him should he fall. He had very, very strong protective garments. And so you, it's important to have protective garments. Also protective garments. Protective. So what I'm going to share with you are things that will help to protect you should you be hurt. Amen. Or to protect you from staying hurt. Yes, sir. Number one, avoid developing unreasonable expectations. Avoid developing unreasonable expectations. Tell your friend, avoid, avoid developing, developing unreasonable, expectations. unreasonable expectations. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, hope the first make the heart sick. Mm? But, the desi- but when the desire comes it's a tree of life so when you have an expectation and it is not met most of the time our frustrations and our disappointments is because we have an expectation you are expecting this person to do this you are expecting this man to give you X amount of money you are expecting your father to do this you are expecting your, your boss to have done this and that because you stayed extra hours and he didn't do it that is when you get offended but if there was no expectation 
And that's the reason why in your dealings with people, do not over-expect things from them. Amen? Yeah. Don't over-expect things from your husband. Uh, this day we have a lot of young ladies and they say, I, I, I want to marry for a man to take care of me. Stop having that mindset. Amen? Marriage is a symbiotic relationship. Left hand bath, right, right hand bath, the other. So, when you are going to marry, you must have something on the table that you are also going to put on the table. You are not going there and say, I have come. It's a person God. It's only God you can sing that song to. So, you must learn a trade. You must have a business. You must have, when the man pulls, you also pull. And when you pull CDs, you pull dollars. Yeah. And to make the epicomiatis catch the man. Yeah. 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 When, the, when you also pull, you realize that it's great. You will see that you go to the kitchen also. You also learn. Because you too, he knows that when you go and you come, you bring something. So he too, you go to the kitchen and help in washing bowls and helping to do some things. Are you getting me? Yeah. And when you have something on your own, what it gives you, you yourself, a certain sense of self-esteem. If every time you are begging, every time, you know, you are there and you are asking for food. Why? At your age, you are still doing. When you want something from a man, you say, Nuncho. When you don't say, see. Uh, no, you must have something. Tell somebody, have something. Yeah. And that's why the other time, Pastor Edmund said to the lady, so that when you are married a man, the man must be handsome. Handsome doesn't mean he must have nice, you know, physique. But he must, his hands must have something. Hands, some. There must be something in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. He said, Charlie Berman, you're not Coco Sopa. You're the Coco No, and you're the Coco No. Coco No, and I'm accommodation. No, no, no. Yeah. Say, I want a tall man that when I'm standing, I can look up to him. You look to him for his virtues. You must look, have a man that you look to him for his virtues and good characteristics and not because of height. mountain the guy is 7 foot 11 you look to him and he doesn't give you tea huh? a thinnest man he doesn't provide anything listen there are some men listen they are so phlegmatic in their behavior that when a bulb dies they will never they will never stretch their hand to put a bulb down they have 5 bulbs Three have died and two are remaining. And there's one even that is flickering. It's about to die. <laughs> they won't they will mind you. What a shock. What a shock. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So get a responsible person. Someone say responsible. Responsible. So avoid developing what? Unreasonable expectations. Your expectation might be on the Lord. Psalm 62 verse 5. My soul, wait patiently or wait silently for God alone. For my expectation is from my husband. 
No. Read it with me. One, two. My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. So if you are married, your expectation must be from God. Hello? He said, my children, I'm expecting my children to do that. No, your expectation must be from God. And God may use your children. And when you come to church, I was expecting the church to have done this. I was expecting the pastor to have come to me. And I was there, and the pastor didn't come, but God came around. Amen. Maybe if the pastor had even come around, you could have done things. Are you getting me? Yeah. The backbone of men are not strong. It is only God who is strong. And it's only God who is good. Amen. So if you want real good to happen to you, look up to God. That's why the psalmist said, after I had been through many things, said, my soul wait only upon God. Because you see, Ahitophel was his counselor, he turned against him. Joab was his army commander, he was against him. Many things are turned against him. And so he said, my soul wait only upon God. For my expectation is from him. Your expectation is from the Lord. Your job, your, your, that your great break is coming from God. That, that, that breakthrough is coming from God. That husband is coming from God. That wife is coming from God. That's why Proverbs 23, 18 says, For surely there is an end, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Slap somebody and say, Surely there is an end. Point somebody and say, Surely there is an end. Say the difficulty you are going through, there is an end. Say every product has an expiry date. So your problem is also a product and it has an expiry end. It has an expiry date. Its efficacy, its potency will come to an end. And your expectation, slap another person, your expectation shall not be cut off. I see God come through for you. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Give God some praise. Unreasonable expectations breed disappointments. So what is disappointment? It's a failure to attain one's expectations. If you take an exam and you're expecting to have gotten 95 and they brought you say you are 62. What a shock. So ladies and gentlemen, listen. In order not to stay hurt in the church, don't expect things from the church or the minister that they can't deliver. Are you getting me? Do not expect things from the church that they can't deliver. Do not expect things from the pastor they can't deliver. Hello? If you're in the church, listen to me. Somebody may cook for you, but do not expect that. I'm not the cook. And my wife is also not a cook. She's my wife. So if somebody was cooking for you, it doesn't mean that you know you are at some place and the pastor's wife or there's a, an associate pastor's wife who used to like cooking and the senior pastor's wife doesn't cook for you, you get angry and say, this people they don't like us. The pastor is not the Father Christmas. The church is not an NGO. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give unto you pastors after my heart who shall feed you with Banco and Fetri. Shall feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. I may give you some shirts, depending as God has blessed me and has touched my heart. I may give you some money, 
I may take you to lunch. I may do certain things for you, but it is not my primary responsibility. My primary duty is to pray for you because Acts 6 4 says we shall give ourselves unto prayer and unto the ministry of the word. So it is my duty to give myself unto prayer, to pray for you, and to minister the word of God unto you, to rightly divide the word of God unto your life that your life will appreciate spiritually and consequently will affect your life physically and emotionally. Amen. Amen. So as you come to church, do not expect that pastor will be get a, hello, brother. This praise God. If we if it is done, hallelujah. But if not, do not get offended. You see, I'm sharing it because these are the things that get people to be offended. That I've been going to the church, and as I'm going to the church, uh, I've been giving, I've been giving tight. I give it the time I needed something, the pastor didn't mind me. The truth is that the church has a lot of bills. Look at this. These light bulbs, count them and see. They are numbers. Come to the office and see our bills we have to pay. Some of you people, when you go to the toilet today, the moment you get that, you take your bag. When you take your bag, you use the toilet roll. After using the toilet roll, the rest is for your bag. You think we don't know? We know it because we go there. When we go there, we put a certain number of toilet rolls over there, and the toilet roll is gone. Even the, even the dispenser, soap dispenser, people go, poop, poop. we don't know whether they take bottles or something. Pra, 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 pra. By the time you go, all the thing is gone. And we have to feel it. It's the truth. We buy detergents, we buy the, and your own house, listen, your own house, two bedroom house, three bedroom house, chamber and hall or whatever, look at the expenses you make on toiletries. And a few other things. So, running a church is almost like running a country in a way. You know, it's a, it's a microcosm of a country. You have to take care of this and take care of that and all those kinds of things. And you yourself, you know the offering you've been given. Ah, Chelsea, it's a, it's a, uh, this is uh, Manchester United offering, Liverpool offering. Uh, on a good day that you give a Chelsea offering. Five, five Ghana. You know, and if you look at it, you see that it is not an easy thing. So, if you give Manchester United offering, how do you expect to get brown notes in an envelope to be given to you? And then some people say that, okay, you see, in the old days, in the Acts of the Apostles, you know, they, 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 they were given to the people and all those things. The Acts of the Apostles, the Bible says that they, they sold all their things and brought the apostles. Have you sold your things and brought them? You haven't sold your things. Yeah, because they sold their things and they brought it and they distributed it according to everyone's needs. But you, you have kept your own and you've got extra. Am I preaching here? Uh-huh. So I'm teaching you how not to be what? Offended. Number two. Don't place an absolute trust in people. Do not place an absolute trust in people. Jeremiah 17.5 Thus says the Lord, Curse is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. Curse be the man that trusts a man. There is something that by the grace of God, God taught me very early on in life. 
by the time I was about 12, 13 years, I was buying stuff for myself. I was doing things. I, I, God taught me not to look at man. Not even my parents. Yeah. So there were times that my father was a big man. Working with some people, I don't want to mention his and his But I used to. I used to go to Stone Quarry. Malangbawe. Stone Quarry. I've been there to crack stones. Yes. Crack stones. I went to carry... Yeah, I, 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 go and money. Pa, 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 pa. Crack stones. To get money to attend Christian meetings. I have carried concrete. Con- concrete. Yeah. 1981, 82, when we were building circle, the commercial bank over there, where there was that gas explosion, I was part of the people who built the place. I was then the school prefect of my school. Thank you. I was the school prefect of my school. And my school, by the grace of God, had a lot of big shots children there. And sometimes, whilst I'm carrying the concrete and I'm climbing the staircase, I see I see some of the students. And when they lift up their eyes and they see their, their, their SP, I know that when we go to school, I'll be cartooned. So, in order not to be disgraced by somebody, I disgrace myself. So, I dip my hand in the mortar. That the concrete, I'm, uh, then I smear my face to this guy. Yes, I used to do that. And I'll go, I'll get the SP school prefect. Meanwhile, when I go and stand there, and I said, Danny Hall, and then what prefect say, everybody cutlery down. Everybody stops eating. This guy. So, meanwhile, he was carrying concrete. Yes, and I'll stand there, and I'll make my speech and everything, and I'll go, and I'll carry my food, everything. But God taught me a principle of not looking at anybody, and so no matter what my father or my mother did, it didn't encounter it. See? Because I was looking to God as my ultimate provider. Many of you, you are very angry with your fathers. For all that they have done for you. Some of you, they put you in car, took you to school, took you to, at a point in time when their business was not working well, after that you are angry. And some, especially the mothers. Uh. And they, they are insulting the men. All the women who insult the men, stop insulting. Uh. And remember that at least you have enjoyed life, you, 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 you enjoy the man's more. Amen? Yeah. And a person can do what he can. A person can only do what, what he can. That's all. Sometimes we come to church and we look at the offering and all those things. There's no things that say, well, they have done what they can. That's what they are. If they don't have, should they go and steal? We only pray that they will have more. Amen. And those of you that God also gives to you must know that it's for the reason of the kingdom. So do not forget us. Amen. Now you have to come to terms with the fact that everyone is human and will fail you at some time or another. Listen, I am human, and maybe uh, there may be a time that you probably may expect me, and for some one reason or another, I may not be available. Are you getting me? Uh huh. 
And so, but that shouldn't become a reason. Oh, daddy, I was expecting him. He didn't come. I was expecting this, my friend. He didn't come. And so that's the end. Do not put your trust in men, but put your trust in the only one you can trust entirely without fail is God the reason why you don't have to trust man totally is because man is subject to frailties and he can make mistakes even when someone was going to anoint a, 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 a king he only look at the structure and God said that's not it he said, this guy he said no it's rather the boy in the bush so you may be the one but they are looking at somebody I see the blessing locating you and a lot of times you know if we don't accept the fact that human beings have got limitations when they don't live up to our expectation we become disappointed and that's the reason people get up and say ah if in the church where they'll do this i won't go to church again it's better i stay in the house it's better because you are looking up to man but no man died for you not even the pastor died for you amen, amen. and the pastor also has a way the, the pastor to jesus died for him and he has been given the work to do when somebody is called a pastor it doesn't mean he's perfect it just means that he's been given a work to do don't you have like, uh, doctors there are even doctors who smoke but smoking is not good there are lawyers who smoke there are doctors who drink are you getting me it's because maybe as we're growing up they even had the challenges there's something that they they, they know it's not good but they can't stop and they need encouragement to stop so also even in the church you see your brother and the brother is you know he's coming to church but he's doing the wrong things but do not become judgmental pray and do whatever you have to do in order to help the person even including the pastor Amen. Now realizing that any human can fall short, the degree of trust, write this, the degree of trust we place in people must be limited and will depend on their track record. The degree of trust we place in people must be limited and it should be dependent on their track record the more we get to know a person's character and the history of their behavior we'll be able to determine how trustworthy they are so a person's character and the history of their behavior makes us know how trustworthy how much we can depend on them hello yeah when you are to lean yourself on the pillar you must know what has been put in the pillar because there are some pillars they are standing there only as wood and there are some pillars who are standing there with a certain quantum of concrete and there are some of them there's even a lot more stones and concrete that has been put into it so you can rely on it the more so how reliable a person is Eh? depends on the person's what character and uh, track record hello yeah so there are some of you i can I, I i trust you to a certain extent amen yeah maybe for some of you i, I may not even expect you on a wednesday hello 
Yeah, I may know that because I, I, I may talk and talk and talk, and you, you still, you are still like somebody said. He said, even if Jesus Christ is coming, only Sunday that I'll be in church. There are people like that, you know. And so you must know the extent to which you can trust people. Hello? Yeah, you must know the extent to which you can trust people. It's very, very important. And that's why, let me say this, to help some of you. If you are married to an unbeliever, hello? Hi. Do not expect the person to be faithful. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? We human beings, we are no good. We come from the animal family, but we are homo sapiens, the foremost of them. What makes us different is that God breathed into us and we became a living soul. But we have got animalistic instincts in us. Hello? And animals, once they have a certain staring and desire for sex, they don't care whether it's their daughter, they don't care whether it is a, I have a dog, and the dog sometimes wants to climb a mother. The son wants to climb the mother. That is animal kingdom. Because it has a desire. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. So, in animal kingdom, there's nothing like husband and wife strictly. Once there's a feeling, it must be discharged. And so, if a person is there who is still operating within the mindset of the animal kingdom, he will act like an animal. Even though he's a human being. It is when the person really gets born again and is filled with the spirit of God and allows the word of God to dictate his life. That is when he gets the power to be able to overcome the works of the flesh. Because we are contending with the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, whatever. Yeah, a person cannot manifest the fruit of the spirit without the Holy Spirit total influence. Without the influence of Bobokokwai. And in the absence of the influence of the Holy Spirit, you operate in the works of the flesh. And what are the works of the flesh? The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Which are these? Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Go back to quickly. Galatians. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. So if you do not walk in the spirit, what will happen? The person will fulfill the last of the flesh. He will fulfill it. It means that he will operate in it. And then what is the works of the flesh? 17. Quickly. Quickly. Hit the button. 17. For the flesh lasts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Jump to verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? What are they? Adultery. And what is adultery? Adultery is sleeping with what? A married person. Hello? Hi. So a married man can commit adultery by, because of the fact that he's not being influenced by the spirit of God. He will pray the works of the flesh. The flesh. The flesh. The works of the flesh. This flesh has works. This flesh has works. 
Amen. Amen. And the works of the flesh are what? They are adultery. Works of the flesh are what? Fornication. So you realize that you, when you go and have sex with somebody, you are not married to, you are committing what? Fornication. You get into uncleanness. Lesbianism and homosexuality and the, uh, the thing people rub themselves on something and then they have a masturbation. And lasciviousness. Are you getting me? These are works of the flesh. And then continue for me. What are some of the works of the flesh again? Idolatry. Anything you put fair before God is what? Idolatry. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Carry a boom boom. You know, that, that means what? Manipulating and intimidating in order to what? Dominate. Are you getting me? Wives manipulate. Husbands intimidate. intimidate. So both husband and wife, they operate in witchcraft. Hello? And there are a lot of uh, 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 wife witches. Yes. Or witch wives. You do this. If you don't do it, I won't give you food. And I won't give you I wear trousers. And men too. Men like sex. So, one week, no sex. Two weeks, no sex. It's okay. I surrender. Whatever you tell me, I will do. That's witchcraft. And that is why feminists must be what? Directed at what? Quieting. And doing what? Humbling. And controlling. Amen. If you're a husband, you must be firm. Do not let your wife bring her feminine instinct. I don't feel like this. I don't feel the church has done it. And this brother has done it. And this sister has done it. And you too foolish and told again. And you are following your wife. No. You must be firm. Because God will God will make you accountable for whatever is going on in the family. You got to be firm. If your wife is misbehaving, I don't want to talk to her. No, you got to talk. I don't feel like coming to church. The church is not about feeling. It's about taking stance and saying we have to be there. Your forehead must be strong like a stone. You got to be strong. Because women are full of feelings. Do you know that Jezebel, Jezebel took her. Are you not a king? The man wanted... Naboth's vineyard and it didn't belong to him and then Naboth went you see most men they would go they didn't do this for me my boss didn't do this. and the woman said are you not the king are you not in charge then she herself wrote letters into the provinces to threaten Naboth and got people to speak bad vile men to speak bad, to testify evil about Naboth, and Naboth was killed and he took over the vineyard. But when what you forcefully take from somebody, you never enjoy it. And you will die prematurely. And today, Ahab's name and Jezebel's name, they are not nice names in the Bible. Be careful you do not allow anybody to mislead you. That's why I told you the other day that my wife is not the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who must lead you. It's not your wife. So your husband, your wife, no, she cannot leave me. Yeah. I told her when we got married, I said, you either follow me to serve God or forget it. Because before you came into my life, I had given my life to this God. And he was the one directing my life. So how come that you come into my life and you now want to take over my life? Then forget it because the marriage is on earth. I said what? The marriage is on earth. And haven't you had wives who died? If you don't want your wife to die prematurely or so husband, don't, don't misbehave. 
One of these, I'll give you scripture on, on that. Amen. Yeah. You don't want your children to do want some funny things. Stand on your ground. Be a strong person. That's why in this church, when you are doing something, I said, no, don't do this. Because see, Eli, let me tell you something. Eli, when he saw his children misbehaving, eh, he talked about it, but he didn't stand firm to correct them. There's a difference about talking about something and stopping it. We blame the United Nations for the, the Rwandan problems and co because they talk about it, but they didn't stop it. So when your friend is doing something, you don't just say, friend, no, no. You must be firm and say, you stop this or you do not become my friend again. Don't come to my house again. Take a stand. Jacob, take a stand. There are people, wherever it is sought for them, that is where they go, their direction. No. You've got to be a man of conviction. Good is good and evil is evil. Yes. Good is good, evil is evil. My mother used to sell alcohol. I said, me, I'm not part of this. She was selling beer. I said, no, this is no. We are not going there. Anytime I talk about people selling alcohol, I know the effects of alcohol. And I know its effect not on just them, on, on their children and their children's children. Yes. Yes. Not to that, I said, no. Bible said, curse be the one who gives his neighbor drink to drink. That might look upon his nakedness. And so it's my friend, that's the only way he has, he has a means of living and all those kind of things. If God can take care of the foxes in the holes and the birds of the air, why wouldn't he give you another alternative job? Instead of doing a job that God abhors, God hates, and you are giving, you are doing something that leads people into hell and destruction. And you think God will bless you and bless your children. I've seen people who have done that. And you see, when you see their children, their, their children look very haggard. And a curse has come into their lives. And sometimes you have to forgo their temporary pleasure so that you have eternal blessings. Eternal blessings. Not the pleasure of today. All those who want pleasure of today are fornicators because a fornicator is a person who cannot withhold and stand against the immediate sexual pleasure. The reason why people fornicate is because they can't control their, their, their immediate desire. I want them I must have sex. I feel like having sex. I must have it now. That's a fornicator. I must eat. And they cannot control their appetite now. I must insult. Insult has come into my mouth. I am going to. I feel like insulting. I am going to insult. You are a fornicator. A fornicator. A fornicator is a person who cannot control his present desires in order to achieve something better later. Amen. Amen. Now, you must understand that there's a difference between love and trust. Someone say love and trust. It's possible to love and forgive someone without placing an absolute trust in them. Hello? Hi. Yeah. So, take note of because I know many people get this confused. Let's say you have, there's a screwdriver who has a drinking problem. He drives the kids and then has an accident. Maybe some of them even die or they don't die. 
later on this man repents of his you know whatever he did you have to forgive the person but you can't trust the person to drive another bus hello yeah forgiveness does not mean give the person another opportunity to do the same thing if somebody hurt you in a particular way did something particular way swindled you or whatever forgive the person but don't give you an opportunity to swindle you again you are a fool if you do that are you hearing me yeah so there are some people maybe they, they exhibit certain characters forgive them but to give them the same placement in your life you've got to test them trust them before you entrust something into their hand. Yes, it's true. Somebody went and tried to mess up your home, mess up your marriage. He said, Madam, I'm sorry. Please take me back. Yes, we forgive you. But that road, take me back. We just, uh, we don't take back like that. You are with a man, he slap you, papa, 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 beating you, booting, booting you. Next time, do you know whether you take a knife? The person must show proper transformation. Forgive the person. After the forgiveness is very important. But the trust. Hello? Are you, are, are, are you listening to something here? Yes. Amen. Amen. So remember that love and, forgiveness, love and forgiveness is granted unconditionally. But trust must be earned. Write it. Love and forgiveness is granted unconditionally, but love and, and forgiveness is granted unconditionally, but trust must be earned. Trust must be heard and yeah. Now what is trust? Trust is the acquired confidence in a person's actions. Trust is the acquired confidence in a person's actions. But even then, even though we've got to trust people, we should still room, leave room for their infallible, the, the fact that uh, they are fallible. Is that right? Yeah. And that's the reason why you even see doctors and go, they work in groups. You go to hospital, groups, groups, so that, you know, somebody will cover somebody's back. If there's a problem, they'll be able to help solve things up. And that's why even in the family as well, there's father and mother. So that when somebody is going off, what the one is not seeing, the other will see. And then it will help to solve the matters well. Are we being blessed, somebody? Amen. Okay. Then let me just give you a last one for today. Don't expect any church to be perfect. Romans 7, 18 and 19. Don't expect any church to be perfect. So this church is not perfect. Amen? Amen. Yeah, it's a blessed church. It's a good church. But the reason why it's not perfect is because we human beings are not perfect. Eh? Are we perfect? Because we are not perfect, it means that even if the place was perfect, the moment you joined, it made it imperfect. Yeah. Are you getting me? Uh-huh. And God is working on our lives. In fact, Paul, the greatest apostle 
you know, I mean, who wrote, one of the great apostles who wrote most of the New Testament. He said that I, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. And he says that, say the good I want to do, I'm not able to do. So he realized that even Paul's realized that there is a problem about perfection in his life. So if Paul was imperfect, and Peter who walked, Peter who walked close, closely with Jesus, he also had a problem. Then those of us who have not even seen Jesus before, who have seen Jesus face to face before, describe him. And then if I want you to come and lay hands on me. Because, hallelujah. Amen. So, see the church as like a hospital. Amen. Where people go and get well. And that's the reason why, listen, when people come to church, they have all kinds of problems. And you do not resent them, you do not fight them, pray for them, and help them to become better. Amen. Amen. Some of my amorous, I just suppose somebody was like, why did daddy call these guys? I do not call them, and I believe that God wanted to make them better. And as they called, and they came, and as they came, they came and they sat there. And as they, by my calling them, it helped them even to keep coming to church. Not that I didn't know, I knew some of them were drinking. I knew some of them were involved with all kinds of things. But why do you accuse a person? Just rather inject them with what is good and the good overcome the bad and they'll become good people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's all. You see, every time talking about people's problems, your hair is like that, your hair is like that, your hair is like that. Take the person to a good barbering place. Take the person to a good saloon. Let them make the that person get, you know, is if they do call it a makeover or something, you know. Eh? Makeup and yeah, makeover. Let the person transform them. Let them do the eyelashes, the eyebrows, and things and shape the nose in some way. You said the nose is flat. Let them put something over there. You see that the flat nose has become elongated. I was very surprised when one of the sisters was going to get married. And on her engagement day, when I attended, I saw the flat nose had become elongated. I said, Hey, these cosmetologists they can do things. So you realize that when somebody has a point, he said, Don't go and buy some nice deodorant. Just put them together. Don't even act like this. Thing. And ask something to ask some handkerchief to say, He said, Oh, I appreciate you so much. You're such a wonderful brother. You know, anytime you do say, God bless you. Just get to all the better. It will solve that motium. Amen. Amen.